Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am ever so positive Chuck Mockler. <laughs> We're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast, just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks to bring you locked on Clippers five days a week. Five days a week, 7 a.m. is when they come out. It's a good time. What a time. Oh, yeah. Great time right now. Uh, we're going to kick things off talking about the Clippers 118 to 104 win over the Jazz. I We'll talk about it later, but I have never been this uncomfortable in a game where we led for 20 for the majority of the game. Yeah, this was... This was a cathartic game and also a stressful one. It was a very interesting pace for this one. <laughs> but we'll talk about what we liked from that game as well as what we didn't like. And then, it's my favorite day of the week, Twitter Tuesday. Every single Tuesday, we ask for your questions on Twitter. That's at Locked On Clips. Thank mm-hmm. you to everyone who sent those in ahead of time. Can't wait to dive into those. And then, in shavings, we're talking Kawhi Leonard on the all-defensive second team. Yeah, snub. Uh, and also just a, a shout out to the Clippers digital content team. So all that and more coming up right about now, but first got to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. So stay tuned for the ultra player of the week coming up later in the episode. You are locked on Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. All right, the Clippers got it done at home yet again. Uh, 118-104 versus the Jazz in game four. Let's get into what we liked. And we, I think everyone, if you watch this game start to finish, you got to be psyched on the intensity. Yes, this is the first game that we really started with intensity. Yeah. Uh, It was the biggest adjustment for me. We did give up the... First bucket on the first possession. Which, it's tradition. Uh, the Clippers do basically every <laughs> possession in the playoffs. Yeah. I think it's 10 straight in a row that we've lost the opening tip for games. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, start in a hole. You yeah. Know, dig your way out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, the switching and the communication were on point in this one. It, it seemed like people were kind of trusting their teammates a little bit more so they could stay on their man versus kind of overhelping. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it also helped that we shot like an absurd percentage on threes to start this one. But right. the, the defensive effort was the difference maker for me. We won rebounding in this game and we outscored them on second chance points 18 to one. That's unbelievable. Um, I said this in kind of the post game little video I did, but for about 85% of this game, the Clippers looked like the best team in the playoffs. Um, it was, you know, the switching, the energy was just buzzing on both ends and like the offense, you know, we've seen the open looks generated. We just haven't seen the shots go in except for these last two games. Yeah. So everyone was really looking for the defense to be locked in on this one. And it absolutely was, um, completely different looking team from the first three games. Kawhi and Paul George were unstoppable yeah for the most part they both had 31 points yeah it was great Kawhi absolutely destroyed Derek favors at the rim yes Derek favors also dude he's not having a fun time right now the clippers are just like when he's on the court it's like mouthwatering. yeah <laughs> it seems like like everybody wants that matchup yeah um got uh Paul George an assist on his dunk yeah Kawhi had 31 seven and three plus two steals on a block the knee he took a foul from Joe Ingles, which yeah. I don't think was a dirty player or anything like that. No, not at all. It was the foul that you make Goofy in transition. Foul. That should not be allowed, but, right. but you know, for sure. Different the choir there. Yeah. Um, worries us a little bit. Said post game he'll be good. But Paul George was aggressive again. Yeah. Um, which we all got to be hyped about. Not really that efficient. Neither of them were <laughs> super efficient from the floor. They were both like 40, you know, in the 40s overall from the floor. But both of them were above 40% from deep. So, I mean, that helps. And they combined for 26 free throw attempts, uh, which that. is always going to keep you in a game. Yeah. Uh, 
Marcus Morris found his shot. Dude, they, I mean, five of six from three. He got shots off early, which was cool. Yes. I liked that Ty Lue was kind of like, we're going to see if you have this tonight. Yeah. Um, and he very much did. His brother was in the building. Yeah. His, Good luck. Very much. Like, historically, like, he shoots an absurd percentage <laughs> when his brother's in the building. He was asked if his brother was going to be coming to Utah. And he said, I don't know anyone who wants to go to Utah. So... Game five is going to be very interesting. I love on Wednesday. Oh man, because he's due for the like the Ofer game now or the he, twofer. He has to be. Um, you got a good note in here about the Jazz, kind of just their vibe, I guess. I I just feel like the Jazz looked the most flummoxed in this one mm-hmm. uh, that we've seen them. Like it showed in the fouls. Uh, also, we were talking about this pregame, but like they were missing a lot of their shots short. Dude, they looked exhausted, uh, it felt like. Yeah, they, they were just really, in this one, not sure how to slow us down. Um, Still shot 40% from three, but you know they shot 43% from the floor, so they weren't hitting from two either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and three Jazz players, key players, Gobert, yeah. Mitchell, uh, and Bogdanovich, were all a foul away from fouling out. One of the things about Gobert that I thought was interesting is like Zoo didn't pop off on the box score if you just only looked at the box score. But he drew three fouls from Gobert. Yeah. And did a great job at kind of just being a big ass dude to hassle Gobert. Like that seemed to be what Zoo's assignment was. Yeah. And it worked pretty well. <laughs> like he drew those Definitely. fouls. Um, Patrick Beverly looked the best he's looked all playoffs, which wasn't really that hard to do given playtime and stuff like that. But the energy was there. Like, he was buzzing around the court. And he wasn't fouling, which was great. I think he picked up his first foul, like, in the fourth quarter. Sometime really late. So, he he only took one shot. But that's totally fine when he's coming back. Um, Just really good positive stuff from him. And another note, only one Clipper played over 35 minutes in this game. Yeah. It was Paul George. So, overall, I mean, just incredible win. What are some things we didn't like from this one? So... This, look, the Clippers didn't come out very strong to start the third. Um, I mean, Kawhi the Jazz called, just came out true. A, That's a good point. swinging. Yeah, the Jazz say. came out swinging. Ty took a good timeout, yeah. which was great. Um, like a minute in, a minute and a half in, yeah. I think. And then the fourth without Kawhi was a little tense. It was like a 13-point lead with three minutes left, and every Clippers fan was kind of like, okay, <laughs> like let's not let's not mess this up. Um, but, you know, you just you can't relax if you're a Clippers fan. No, no, definitely true. Uh, yeah, I was uncomfortable the whole time. Just just <laughs> clenched. Well, and it's funny because I feel like Gobert was kind of just more effective in the fourth and drop coverage. Like, the offense looked wonky in the fourth sometimes. It really did. We weren't getting to the paint, and the defense was just a little, like, it's not that we were leaving Jazz guys open. It, it just didn't look, you know, that's where I was talking about that 85%, because this was kind of the 15% or part of it, where it was a little, like, just not, Totally cohesive. Yeah, and maybe we were starting to see the effects of fatigue kind of swinging the other way. Oh, that's a good call. Um, so a, a couple other nitpicky things. Reggie Jackson only had four field goal attempts in this. Uh, I mean, he's been a go-to scorer. I feel like you should keep feeding Reggie shots. That's fair. Uh, can't believe that I'm saying that, but I am. <laughs> Especially with Batum. You know, Batum took six threes. Yeah. Which is kind of a lot. I, I, and I think that that's the reason for this, like, sort of disparity from from some of the other games in the series is that uh, Morris was really hitting early. Uh, so, he, right. you know, he was getting more shots up. 
So it makes sense, uh, but I just want to keep Reggie in rhythm. Sometimes hey. he's the only person on the floor who can get a bucket. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> I don't feel good saying this, but it's true. Uh, Terrence Mann also struggled offensively. Uh, once again, this is a little nitpicky, but he was one of five from the floor. I guess the bigger issue to me was I thought he looked a little timid sometimes with the ball in his hands. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to see him kind of back to like racing to the basket uh next game which we've seen him do he's he's really effective at driving it's pretty incredible that he was he had team best plus 15 in 15 minutes well that's the thing that's the thing right like that's that's what i'm saying like this is a nit this is a nitpicky thing he struggled offensively he took that crazy charge too yeah he got blown up on that thing it would be great to see him uh you know, just able to shore that up too, but he was extremely effective on the floor. I mean, just his his defense and motor and, and the rebounding always coming in, like just very, very, at very critical times, it feels like. So yeah. uh, overall, it was good performance. Just, you know, would love to see him take advantage of some of those, some of those possessions. For sure. How are we feeling heading into game five? So overall, feeling really good. I, I guess... The thing for me is, I, I feel like I've said this, it basically, to me, <laughs> game five is a must win. I think that if you're gonna take a if you're if you're gonna take a game from the jazz at home, I guess I'm, I like I guess I I like your chances in game five better than a game seven. Yeah, I don't think anyone would would disagree with you on that game five i'm fully i'm very happy we got this win but we're recording this not even that long after the game and i'm already just like kind of a wreck it's it's still it is still very much a game five backs are against the wall and it's still <laughs> yeah. it's still do or die i mean yeah uh, it just is they say that it's not a series until home team loses on their home floor so let's make this thing a series let's make this thing a series also because the clippers won this game we get a full freaking stadium for game six. Yes. So Clippers fans are going to be loud. It's great. Uh, coming up, we're going to be answering your questions on Twitter Tuesday. But first, it is time to highlight the Ultra Player of the Week. As we all know, joy creates success. And this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is Kawhi Leonard. Who else? He was named to the NBA All-Defensive Second Team and has been the most clutch player in the NBA playoffs in the fourth quarter. Um, and he absolutely destroyed Derek Favors at the rim in game four. He just kind of decides when he wants to destroy someone, which is kind of fun to watch. Uh, the Clippers will go as far as Kawhi takes them. They are lucky to have Kawhi. Let's hope he can carry us all the way to the Larry OB. Will his good play keep up in game five? Oh, we hope so. We know, uh, of course, that Michael Bolter has just 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Hey, what a day. Wonder which Clippers player will be next week's Ultra Player of the Week. Stay tuned and listen to next week's uh, Tuesday episode. Michelob Ultra, are you happy because you win? Or do you win because you're happy? Okay, so we're back with Twitter Tuesday. Once again, thank you to everybody who sent those questions in ahead of time. Mm-hmm. As always, if you want a chance to hear a question featured on the show, shoot that over at Locked On Clips. We usually collect questions on a Monday. <laughs> it's a little confusing. <laughs> we adjust. We adjust. Uh, so Clipper Spencer, which shout out Clipper Spencer Dude. out there. Uh, oh, he's got man. the best. He's got. I, I talked about it a little bit on uh, yesterday's podcast, but he's got the full... Batum Battalion regalia. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's it, it's great. It's great to see. But Clipper Spencer wants to know, are you confident in this Clippers team's ability to go into Salt Lake and win a Game 7, or do you think we need to shut them out the rest of the series and win in six to get out of the second round? We kind of just answered that a bit in the last segment, but... You got to win Game 5. 
I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not like, I mean, sure, I'm, if this series is tied going into game seven, yeah, I'm confident the Clippers can do it because it probably means they won game six. But man, winning game five, it's like, let's get, the, let's get this one. Like, yeah. After Mook's comments about Utah, I don't want to go back. I mean, game five is going to be insane. That crowd's going to be absurd anyway. The crowd is going to be insane. And game seven, I don't even want to think about what that'd be like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, guess we don't sound very confident, Spencer. <laughs> but so it, my confidence in the game seven wanes slightly. Like we have done it before, but just right, from watching sure. these games through the playoffs, <laughs> I would say the Utah home crowd might be the most advantageous home crowd that I can hear on a broadcast oh, yeah. from, from really any team. Agreed. I could not agree more. I want to go in there. I want I want the intensity to be exactly like it was to start game four. Yeah. And it quite literally has to be because to be. if we get into one of these 12-2-8-0-10-2 holes early, like that's just giving... That's giving the Jazz more life, and it's helping Donovan Mitchell play on what seems to be a pretty hurt ankle. Yeah. Hats off to Donovan Mitchell for the effort he's putting in right now. He was very, for the most part, pretty good. He's um, really good. At 37. And 37. Okay. <laughs> 40% from three on 15 shots. Like, dude, he and he's hurting right now. Yes. Like, this isn't some, like, I'm not, like, calling him out or anything like that. He's, definitely, he's hobbled. He's definitely playing through some pain. And the crowd will help you do that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so no, they're, I think they're going to come out red hot like they did both of their both of the openers at home. They absolutely are. Um, I am DJF Music says. How confident are you guys that the PG we saw in Game Three is the PG we can see for the rest of this series and hopefully rest of the playoffs? And if he shows up more, do you guys think the Clippers can actually win it all? We showed up in Game Four. Yeah, which you love to see. As kind of, I was talking with Brian Cullen at the game about how I'm tired of making predictions for the Clippers team because we have no idea what we're going to get. I'm a little on that same path with Paul George, mm -hmm. but right now I'm riding high. He's yeah. shown he did it. He did it in game. He did it in must win games. Yeah. Three and four. Like, there's no reason for me, for me to believe that he can't do it in game five. Will he? Yeah. Will he do it in game five? Yeah, well? definitely. Uh, but I'm, I'm fairly confident. I mean, He's just been aggressive, and to me, like, that's the bigger thing. Yeah. Uh, if he's still, you know, driving with authority and, and able to get to the line, um, even if, you know, the shot isn't there, I still think if he's getting the line, you know, 10, 12 times, it's, it's probably going to be... You're fine with it. It's, yeah, it's probably yeah. going to be enough to keep us afloat, provided <laughs> the defensive uh, effort is there. I, I wasn't impressed with what he brought out defensively games one and two um, right. overall, um, but I, I think he, he has ramped that up. Definitely. And, you know, uh, I am uh, DJF Music. It, he's kind of right. Like, he asked, do you see the Clippers winning at all? We're going as far as Kawhi and PG take us. Yeah. The Reggie Jackson stuff is great. The Mook stuff is great. The Batum is defensive stuff is fantastic, specifically in game four. Um, if they're both averaging 30, though, we're probably pretty, doing okay. Pretty tough team to beat. Yeah, I'm, I'm not mad at that at all. Um, Prince Yuki 92. As do we see less Morris minutes and more man and Batum if Morris's shooting woes continue? Still a relevant question, despite the good game four. Yeah. Uh, no, I I don't think we'll be curbing Morris's minutes um, just because he is so physical out there on the floor yeah. um, on the defensive end. 
And I don't think they'd get curbed for man either. Cause I don't think, you know, if Morris isn't shooting well, you're not bringing man in to shore that up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, you know, Morris and Batum have been playing in the same lineup a lot. Yeah. So it makes sense. I, I don't know. Uh, I think we will see more Batum minutes. Uh, you know, we've in this, in the early series, it seemed like they were, they were lower, um, really high in that game for, I think it was as highest of the series. He played for series so far. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I do see those minutes going up, but I don't know that it'll be like, like as a, a direct tone. correlation to a curbing of Morris's minutes, if that he, makes sense. Yeah. And I think weirdly kind of the person you bring in for Morris, if he's not shooting well, is kind of like Bev, right? You swap, you swap in a, a more traditional like point guard and that, that opening line or not more traditionally, but like, you know, I don't know. Um, cause Bev, I'd like to see Bev maybe get some, some rhythm plays called for him. I know that's like a really mm, weird, I don't need it. The Utah game is where you, this last game is kind of where you do it. Yeah. Or the game before where you're like, where you're not like opening play. Let's get Bev a shot. Right? Yeah. Like it's situational, but his shooting could be valuable moving forward. And he has I don't know, man. He hasn't gotten any reps though. Like one shot. I don't know, man. I'd like for him to get into some kind of rhythm compared to no rhythm. I just like looking at the dispersion of the field goal attempts. Like I said in the last segment, man, I would rather have Reggie. Reggie get on. That's fair. Oh, we gotta talk about uh Rondo. Rondo was inactive with knee soreness. Yeah. For game four. Not sure if that's been. An, an issue in practice and stuff it was not really remarked on previously at all yeah just something something to keep an eye on um uh do boy love three says is it worth it for the clippers to double the ball handler and non-donovan minutes ingles clarkson and conley when he comes back i'm thinking it'll tire them out and make fourth quarter shots tougher for them uh ingles actually passes the ball pretty well yeah um uh, I don't know about this. We kind of did a soft double on Mitchell a couple times in this game. Um, but I, I don't, I, I don't like, want to, I don't want to keep, if Ingles is out there, I don't want to crash on anybody because the man is a sniper Yeah, and he's very comfortable shooting against the Clippers. So yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just a team that takes so many threes, right? Like it's been their, like their whole thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Is is putting up a bunch of shots and hitting them at an absurdly high rate. So I, I get really nervous, I guess, about the double because I just don't think we've been able to super They're execute built to it shoot. well. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it seems like fatigue might already be a thing for Utah. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah. I am shocked that I'm even saying that. Yeah. So don't bail them out with an open shooter. Like go. if everyone can cover, then it's fine, but yeah. It doesn't seem like that's always the case. Very good point. Um, Robert Lehrer, I hope I pronounced that correctly, asks, why is Zoo not being used more against Utah, who has such an effective big man in Rudy Gobert? Small ball lineup's looking good right now. Yeah. Look the best in game four as it has, like, all year for the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, I, in my mind, it makes the most sense to me to have Zoo play his most minutes when he's out there with favors. Um, and really kind of everybody has been going at him at the rim so Dude, you don't even need to have a traditional big necessarily um whereas the rudy gobert thing um i mean he's a great defender and he's a he's a great player but we haven't we've we've been able to mitigate some of the rebounding in those minutes which i think like if you can take away some of that i mean i don't know how you can take away what he does on the defensive end like 
It's yeah. one of those things like, you, you know, you I just I deal truly, with being elite. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just do your best to, <laughs> yeah. to juke around him. I like, I, I really, um, I, I think that you actually need more space around the basket when Rudy is there. So like having zoo, I, I feel like almost closes off a lane for a driver. If That's he's, a good call. If he's like, cause you, yeah, you got, you got to pull Gobert out. Yeah. That's when he was effective in the fourth when he was hanging out in the paint. Yeah. Weirdly. Yeah. I wonder if that three second call that he got on him early, maybe got in his head a little bit. It was the first time we'd seen the know. three second. Dude, it's the first time we've seen a three second violation call and go bear the whole series. Yeah, that's true. It's gotta be a little like, just a little tiny like, oh, maybe I've been in too long. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. It was- so, I'm with it. I can't believe they called it. Um, Alan Canales says, quick question for Twitter Tuesday. If Reggie and Batum keep playing this way for the rest of the playoffs, do we resign them even if other teams throw more, more, more money to them? I want to live in the present, but I always gotta think about the future. So the weird thing is, I don't even think we can afford them. Like we can't, like if we get into a bidding war with the team, there's only so high we can go. So yeah, it gets, <laughs> it gets really difficult. Um, and I think that it maybe ends up, that Rondo trade ends up biting us in the ass a little bit. With the uh, salary. Yeah, because yeah, there's like, you know, just under eight mil. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it's really difficult. I, I think that Reggie is going to get an offer. Um, he's, he, you know, he had a much better playoffs this year. He was the, you know, primary, um, point guard for one of the best offenses in the NBA. Like, I do think the offers will be out there. Um, I think you gotta do everything you can to, to <laughs> yeah. realistically try to retain him. I, uh, they're valuable piece. <laughs> yeah. Off the top like, of my head, I just don't quite know what that would look like with all, cause you know, Bev's still under contract. Uh, Luke's, Luke Kennard's extension kicks in. As I already mentioned, Rondo, uh, we, we already have a lot of money tied up in the backcourt. Um, so, so I don't know about that one. Batum, I think, I, I think Batum, you do whatever it takes. Yeah. I think you do whatever sure. it takes. Yeah, you fly in his favorite, you know, baguettes from France or whatever, anything to, to keep him a clipper. Yeah. Hook him up with some weird job afterwards to offset the amount of money you can't pay him. Yeah. <laughs> for these. <laughs> like, oh, man. Thank you so much for these questions, everybody. You can send those into at Locked on Clips. Coming up, we're going to be talking Kawhi Leonard being honored uh, for the All-NBA Defensive Team, as well as just a shout-out to the Clippers Digital Content Team. But first, Will, betting on sports, where can I do it? The best place to bet online is... Bet online. What? Interestingly enough, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football over college basketball, <laughs> Dunzo, but the NHL, the NBA, and the WNBA are all in full swing. But Bet Online doesn't just cover sports, they cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Now that we've laid some money down, how can I fix my ride? Well, you can fix your ride uh, by going to rockauto.com. It's very simple to use with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counter person orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. 
You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on and their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Okay, so we're back with shavings and kicking things off. The all defensive teams were named by the NBA. Congrats to Kawhi Leonard being named to the all defensive second team. Well deserved. Yeah. Should have probably been first team. Um, Elite two-way superstar. Uh, He has had three all defensive first teams. This is his fourth all defensive second team. Wow. Unbelievable. The only other Clipper to get votes was Paul George. He got 11 total vote points. How come they didn't give any to Daniel Oturu? Not a big enough sample size. Well, I think based on what we saw, it could have, you know, Derek Rose got an MVP vote. You can't expect a young <laughs> big man entering the rotation to win, to win all uh, an all defensive nod in his rookie year. There are a bunch of people on Twitter being like, "Oh, he's only getting this based on his reputation." It's like, wait, Kawhi? Yeah. Did you watch Kawhi this year? No. <laughs> Would be the best answer. Kawhi also just gave one of the most uh, all time Kawhi quotes after um, this game. He was asked about the criticism that the Clippers faced after going down 0-2 to the Mavs, he said, I don't even know what's going on in the outside world. I didn't even know we were taking criticism. So, no. <laughs> the man is perfect. Like, uh, yeah, Kawhi is... Kawhi is never change. Please never leave the Clippers. <laughs> this is the exact... Like, this is what's so funny about the Clippers and Kawhi, is the Clippers need a superstar like this. Could you imagine if the Clippers had a superstar who was brash... And you know what I mean? Yeah. It would, like, the <laughs> the amount of abuse that Clippers fans and the franchise takes from people would be even higher if we had someone who was like, yeah, I saw the criticism, and I said, fuck you, everybody. Well, like, I, I feel it'd like... It'd be fun, but it would be so hard. I, I kind of feel like uh, the personalities uh, of the post-Lob City early, like, era have been sort of balanced in a way that they weren't with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, who were both, you know, kind of hot. Yes. As you had, you know, like Pat and and Lou Will there for a while, kind of their fire and ice thing, and now you have Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, I just think it's a nice balance, and I think that's like a team needs that. It's a good... That's a good call. It's it's just a good... uh, It's a good flow. It's a great flow. God, Kawhi Leonard's so sweet. Um... Wrapping it up, we got to give a shout out uh, to Charlie Widows and the Clippers digital content team. They've been working overtime during playoffs to bring some insanely good content in pursuit stuff. They got that. They got that Kawhi dunk up in like a minute. Yes, there was a great shot. Just some unbelievable work. Share their stuff anytime you get it. Anytime you get the chance. They won the award, I think, last season for the best digital content team, and they should win it again this year. Those game day posters are amazing. Um, yeah, you already mentioned the in pursuit. That was great. Also, just hard to keep people. Yeah, on team digital, like on di- digital content teams. Like Charlie Whittles does a great job. Um, shout out to everyone on the digital content team. Um, we appreciate it. We need that content. That helps the Clippers just as much as having Kawhi say things like 
I, I don't go on the internet, <laughs> basically. Um, who? Wednesday's episode. Game five preview. I'm nervous. Very. I'm just, I don't know if, I'm tense. Nervous isn't the right word. Um, what you say Wednesday, Paul? Probably going to have to do with what do you think is going to happen if the Clippers don't win game five. Um, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. We had another person who works for the USPS hit us up on Twitter and say they listen to their show. So big shout out to everyone who works for the United States Postal Service. Yeah. Um, all the people delivering our mail. We very much need it. Thank you for listening to the show. Where can these fantastic postal workers tell someone they're delivering mail to to listen to our podcast if it comes up? If Yeah, if it comes up, uh, you can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Lockdown Clippers. It works flawlessly. As we mentioned up top, we come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We'd love to have you listen. We absolutely would. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.